0: good evening to those in social media this is grace and faith Fellow, you come to you with our weekly message we praise god for you listen to us and like once again we always want to say we just want to be a blessing to you and speak the word of the lord to you pray that we are saying something to encourage you that you can grow spiritually most of all if you receive christ as your personal savior by listening this we praise god for you we pray that you will get in the bible um believe in church, You stay with God and grow in grace. So this is the last um, installment of cultivating a heart of righteousness. Last series, for those of you, this is your first time with us. Last series we started, we talked about how righteousness is a gift. It has been given to us by Jesus Christ, by what he did on Calvary. So righteousness is not something you earn under disgrace. It is a gift. It's been given to you. You didn't earn it. God gave it to you when you received him. So righteousness is on the inside of you as a gift. But in understanding that, we don't want to leave it there. Now you have to grow in this righteousness, this gift. You got to grow this gift. It's like a seed. And we've been dealing with, with this. The parable of the sower, the seed in the sower in Matthew chapter thirteen, where it's talking about, you know, the soil which is the word of God being sowed onto your soul, which is, you know, your soul which is the soil which is your soul rather, and growing, and we deal we dealt with four aspects. And night we're going to do the four, But the first one was prepare your ground. So you got to renew your mind. You have to establish that you know what. You're going to do what God says in order to grow, to cultivate a heart of righteousness. In order to live a righteous life, you have to cultivate it, mature, and grow in this grace, in this gift. And so the first one was prepare. Prepare your ground, right? Because we know as a farmer, if you can't grow anything, that's the ground is right. And then because we understood that if the ground has things and reading the parable of the sword, you know, the ground that was hard by the wayside, the ground that had thorns in the ground, um, that had, um, things in it that it couldn't grow, uh, had rocks in it. One ground couldn't grow. anything. And even if it did grow, it choked, seed out or the seed couldn't have no, no strong root so it died and so so we talked about prepare the ground and the second one we talked about plant so it means you got to get in the word of God you got to sow seed sow the word of God in your heart spend time with Bible study and you know um, prayer groups in your ministry listen to your pastor sowing the word into your heart OK, and then last week we talked about prune, pruning, which means now pruning means you cut stuff out. You, you go and you look and see what's in your life. That's not like God. You begin to cut those things, begin to prune so you can produce fruit. Because we find out that if you allow the weeds and stuff to grow, if you're planting the garden, you allow the weeds to grow up with your flowers or whatever your case, may. your fruit. OK, it's going to choke out your fruit. It's going to suck up the nourishments of the soil for your fruit. And so it's going to choke it out. So, And we dealt with that is like, hey, you you need to be specific and look at the things in your life that are causing you to act a certain way, which is affecting your righteousness, living righteous, and people seeing the righteousness of God in your life. Okay, so you have to get those things out, get rid of. We last week we dealt with some scripture we were talking about get rid of and do away with stuff. And and you gotta get to the root of those problems. Okay, get to the root of those problems. We gotta cut out the root of those problems so that our fruit can show so we can begin to look like Jesus because that's the goal. Okay, and tonight, so we're gonna we dealt with prepare the ground plant seed prune, okay the plants and now we're going to do it produce so tonight we're going to talk about producing okay produce because we read when you read the last crown where it produced fruit it said it sold um 160 40. it produced it produced more than what it was so it says when when we when when we plant when we, excuse me, when we prepare, plant and prune, we will, it will put us in a place where the Lord can produce a great harvest of in our life. So after we've done, we've, we've planted, we've prepared, we've planted, we've pruned. When we do those things, okay, God can now um, produce great harvest in our life. And that's what we want. We want God to produce, we want to want to produce a harvest we want people to see our light shine we want people to see the fruit of righteousness and unlike uh, a, a fruit of love joy peace long suffering all those things should be flourishing and like but we first got to do the first three before we can produce so after we've planted after we've given it prepared planted and pruned now we can produce a great harvest that god wants to have In the parable of the soil, the seed that fell into the good soil produced a rich harvest and many times what was sown. And Jesus told his disciples in John 15, we're going to get in that scripture, that he had chosen them to bear lasting fruit. This is what we're called to do, produce lasting fruit. Okay. not not for, for a short period of time, but lasting fruit. OK, so people can constantly see the fruit of the spirit in our lives. And, and this is God, the father's heart for all his children. OK, that they will begin to look like his son in their love for him and for one another. And, and that is indeed a truly heart of righteousness. So what is the goal? So this is the heart of God for all his children that we may look like Jesus okay how are we gonna look like you and our love for him and our love for one another we want to look like jesus okay so you have to cultivate we got to mature we got to grow in this righteousness that god has given us through the resurrection of jesus christ through what jesus did on calvary we want to grow and see this is the thing we got I said, once in a, I thank God that you're saved. I thank God that we've been born again, except Christ, and you're on your way to heaven. But as, as I constantly say, we're called to more than just, you know, going to heaven. We're here on earth, and God wants us to begin to be fruitful. We want to make a difference in this world. This world needs to see um, Jesus through us living a life. And so we got to cultivate this life of righteousness that God has called us to. So this is the heart of God that we may look like him. This is the heart of God that we may look like his son. It says that we begin to look like his son. That's what God wants us to do. And I know sometimes we say, well, you know what, this is hard. Nobody's perfect. Once again, let me say this to you. I always say this when we're talking about living righteous and living for God, we're not talking, we're not after perfection. We are after maturity or we have the consistency. Okay. We have to dedicate being dedicated and being committed to the things of God. Okay. Because you know, when you first start to begin to do this and begin to walk in the things of God, yeah, you're not going to perfect it your first time, your second time, your third time, even your fourth time. But we're talking about growing, okay? growing in grace, growing in this righteousness. It's a day to day walk with God as you yield your life to him. So we're talking about let's talk about a couple of things before we close this series out. Let's talk about a couple of things um, that need to be said about discipleship, this discipleship model. because This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. Now that you're saved, you're a believer. We, now we want, you want to allow the Holy Spirit to disciple you. Disciple you, become a disciple. What is the word disciple? It comes from the word discipline, a disciplined life. So if we are disciples of Christ, we we have to live the life that he's called us to be, this life of righteousness. So let's look at this. So, so the, the first is that, that these various components that we're talking about, these four, of the discipleship process are not necessarily linear. And let me explain what linear means. Um, We we don't prepare and then forever leave the steps, leave that step behind. Okay, we don't listen to God's word once. Okay, and that's like planting, and then check that off our list as never to return to it again. And the same course, of course, goes for pruning or producing. Rather, this is a sequence that happens over and over in our Christian lives. And these components overlap, even interact with one another. And let me go back and, and, and just kind of speak to this. So, you need to understand that hey, even though we've, I've given you these four components, okay, this is not. Where you know, oh, well, let me let me prepare my heart. I got that checked off. Let me plant. I got that checked off. You know, let me prune checked off. Otherwise, saying you don't just do these things as a a to do list. And then you never do them again. Otherwise, that's called legalism. Now you're making this what I'm talking about, cultivating the heart of righteousness as legalistic. Just means, you're know, OK, Lord, I did it. No, as it says here. Um, you may have to do these things over and over again, depending on what you need, what you're believing God for. When are talking about fruit. If you're trying to put, you know, talking about growing in love, okay, you have to constantly sow seeds constantly all throughout. You just don't sow one time, okay, and then say, forget about it. I'm going to sow or sow one time. Thing is going to, no, you have to constantly sow seeds of love or seeds of of righteousness or seeds of of self-control you know sowing your life oh you have to find a scripture if you are weak in the area you know you have to constantly sow in that area that you need constantly planting you may have to continue to plant and i love what it says here that hey these um things may even overlap or interact with each other because you may be in one area of your life, you may be planting. In another area, you may be preparing. In another area of your life, you may be pruning. And then in another area of your life, you may be producing. Depending on where you are. You know, just for example, you know, when it comes to finances, you may say, okay, your finances may be bad. Well, you may have to start preparing in that area. Whereas that when it comes to, you know, this um, loving people that's unlovable, you may be pruning in that area, other words, you may be more mature in one area than you are in the other, and so you need to understand that this is just not one time events. You have to constantly be sowing, you have to constantly be pruning things in your life as long as you live in this Christian life. Because what life is going to continue to be handing you things you may as you go through your journey with Jesus. You're going to experience different things, different circumstances may happen, and you're going to have to, and maybe something um, that you've never experienced before, and you have to, what, prepare in that area. Prepare your heart in that area because you've never experienced this. You've never seen it before. You never had to deal with it. So you're going to have to prepare. start, You're going to have to start from scratch. You're going to have to, what, prepare your heart, prepare your soul, and then you're going to have to plant. So you can grow fruit in that area, in that area of your life, grow that fruit fruit in your area. Okay. So, but this is happens all through your Christian life. As you walk with, you have to deal with this on a consistent basis. So just don't use it as, okay, well, I'm gonna do this one time. I am do this. I'm gonna check it off, check it off. No, you have to constantly be pruning, and producing, and you're gonna be producing. You're gonna be planting. You're gonna be preparing as you your journey with Christ. I right? so don't just look at the one time thing. Be understand that hey, these may overlap. They may interact with each other. Um, you may have to constantly do it over and over and over again. And like I said, then and, it, and it all depends on in, in different areas of your life what God is calling you to be righteous. Okay. One area you may be like, okay, I'm producing this area because I've been sowing seed, I've pruned everything. And you may be flourishing. You may be mature in that area, but in another area of your life, you may be have to, you may have to start from scratch. You may have to prepare. So I want you to get that tonight, that understand that you can be in different places in your life when it comes to cultivating, when it comes to maturing, you can be mature in one area and, and be childish in another area. And you have to grow in the area that you need to grow in. In the area that you are in, you have to maintain that. Because even uh, think about it, when a farmer, so see, he has to maintain the fruit that's growing. And so he, what? So he can produce more. And we're going to get into that in uh, John 15. We're going to talk about producing more fruit. And so secondly, Secondly, and finally, is that although we have placed the emphasis on our role and responsibility in each of these components, it is vital to remember that these are not things that we do in our own ability or even on our own. OK, God is actually the one who is and working these things in us. So understand. And I've said this. It is important. We are. Co-labors with Christ. Okay. When I talk about cultivating, you have to get involved in the process here. Okay, cultivating. You have to. Even a farmer, he has to. Even though he he he's not responsible for growing the seed. Okay, it's God that's going to grow the seed. Even the once he put it in the ground, okay, he's fine. But he has to water it. He has, like, says, make sure that the weeds stay out of it. So we have to get into, we have to cooperate, with God, in this process. Okay, we have a part to play. We have responsibility to do the things that we need to do. But understand here that, as it says here, it is God's the one that that's doing. You know, the growing. He's the one. He's actually the, all. It says that God is actually the one who ultimately working these things in us. Okay, so this ain't you. Okay, understand that is God the one that's giving the increase? He is the one that's doing it through us. Okay, so it's it's vital that you remember that you're not doing this on your own ability. You're not doing this in your own strength. See, this is important to remember. I need to drive this home tonight because you're not doing, even though, You are planning. you got to get into the word. you got to prepare your heart. You have to be intentional about cutting things back, pay attention to what's going on, get to the root of those problems, the things that's hindering you, and understand that it is God that is doing this through you, okay? The, The Bible tells us that repentance is a gift from God. Okay, repentance is a gift from God. That's a gift. God gave you the ability to change the way you think. He is him that gives you the best. Repentance is a gift. So, and so remember that the Bible says repentance is a gift. He is the one who prepares our hearts in this way. See, we can't forget about the one, the source. <laughs> Even though we got to play a part, he's the source. The parable of the sword tells us that Jesus is the one who scatters the seed. Okay. He is the one who plants his word in our hearts. See, remember, it's God. And, and, and John 15, it is very clear. The father is the one doing the pruning in our lives. He's the one that's doing this. And of course, we know that it is the spirit of God who produces in us his fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. So understand the one who's doing it, the glory belongs to God. As we cooperate with him, he is the one that gets the glory because he is the one that's doing it. So as we, we go about the task of cultivating, uh, a heart of righteousness to the glory of God, we must never forget who the true gardener really is. See, don't you forget, the one who's doing it. See, you got to be careful and I'm guilty of it. And maybe you all have been guilty. to, when things begin, when we see the results in our lives, be careful not to take the credit for, it. be careful not to say, well, this was me and be careful not to, um, become self-righteous. Okay. Because that's a sin, too, to the point where you begin to look down on other folks and condemn other people because they are not where you are. And trust me, I've been guilty of that myself. But we got to be very careful not to remember it is God that the one that did it in you. He is the one that did it, even though you cooperate with him. But it's it's him who did it through you because what? I'm getting ahead of myself, but the scripture we're going to read, it says, without him, you can do nothing. So throughout this whole process, we must never cease to entrust ourselves to God. Trust God in the process. Understand that he is the one that's doing it through you. He's the one that's going to mature you. If you mature in the area, it is him. Give him the glory for make sure you let people know God did this through me. Even though I, I yielded to the process and did the things that God asked me to do, you know what? He's the one that gets the glory because He did it through me. All right, so we're gonna look at a few scriptures tonight to back up what I just said. All those things. We're first gonna look at James. Uh, we're gonna look at chapter one. Okay, we're gonna start with nineteen. We're going all the way through twenty-seven. You know, and I'm just gonna read. That's like last week, we're going to let the scripture speak for itself. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. But James says, 19 says, understand this, my brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Okay, now we see here. So I'm just going to point out, it says you must be all be quick to listen, slow to speak. So, so we see here where he talk about what component is, I believe this is preparing. You have to prepare your heart. What to be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. That's the preparing part, prepare your heart, fixing your mind that, you know, what I'm going to listen to people first. Not going to be good. I'm going to be slow to speak and I'm going to be slow to get angry you got to prepare your heart to do that. Cause it says here, next it says human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So we, there's a specific type of righteousness that God has for us to produce. Okay. So we understand that, Hey, we're talking about growing in righteousness, but it says human anger. So that lets me know that there's two types of anger. There's, a human anger which is born out of our negative emotions and stuff and out of control and then there's a godly anger which is being controlled by the Holy Spirit and saying the right thing even though you're angry but speaking your tone is right and you know what you're doing it and you're being led by God but yet you're not critical and you're not out of control because says human anger don't produce this. So it says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your and in your lives. And how many accept God's word and how many accept the word of God has planted in your heart? So let's look at this part. It says, get rid of all the filthy evil in your lives. So what's that part? That is. The pruning part, get rid of. Then he's going to say, and humbly accept God's word has planted in your heart. Now you're planting, you're pruning and planting, you're pruning your plant. You want to get rid of the filth and evil, and then you want to plant God's word in your life. It says, humbly accept God's word has planted in your heart for it has the power to save your soul. Well, your soul consists of your your, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. Okay. So we see, we see in this scripture, we see preparing, we see planting, and we see pruning, and it's going to produce, producing, it says, for it has the power to save your soul, it's going to produce salvation for your soul. Continuity, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. So it says it's not enough just to listen. I want to encourage you tonight. I encourage you to go to church and hear the word and thank God for that, because that's what that's part of of planting. But it says, don't just listen. It's otherwise you just fooling yourself. See, we, we shadow the word. We go to church and thank God for that. You go to when we shadow the word, the pastor, preach a good message and thank God for that. You receive the word and we shot over. It. We have a good time. Thank God for that. But if you come home and don't apply nothing that your pastor said or apply, you know, even when you're reading, you don't apply nothing that you read. It, it says you're fooling yourself. We're fooling ourselves. I think this is where the body of Christ, we got to get to. We we got to get to a point where we are, we are putting this to practice versus just listen to it. It's not enough just to know it. We've got to begin to do it and believe, trust that God will give us. He's already given us the ability to, to, to live it out. So we see, because I believe that, you know, that unrighteous behavior right now is, is at an all time high. And even in the body of Christ, and I believe we can do better. And I'm encouraging you specifically to do better. That be, us begin to look more like Jesus as he commands us to. But it says you're fooling yourselves. It says, for if you listen to the word of God and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. Now imagine that. Imagine going to the mirror, okay, seeing that there's some, some dirt on your face. That's really looking, making you look bad. And then you just walk away from the mirror and don't do anything about it. This is what we're talking about growing because mature people, you know, nobody in there, you're not going to see, you know, if you go, say if you go to the mirror and you see toothpaste all over your face, because you just finished brushing your teeth and you got toothpaste all inside. And so, and you just walk away and go to work and go outside and don't do anything about it you would ignore that and so and that's what we're doing we if you are hearing this word and know that you need some work to be done in your life in a certain area of your life but don't do anything about it, it says you fool yourself it says you you're looking to you're looking at god's word and you walk away and says just forget about it. i don't you don't care about how you look and most people i know you saying. We care about how we look. That's why we look in the mirror. That's why we check our faces. That's why we look at our clothes. That's why men, we make sure our tie is straight to women. Y'all make sure that your makeup is on correctly and things are looking good and, you know, make sure there's no runs in your stockings or whatever the case may be. You take time, why? Because you care about your presentation, okay? And we got to do the same thing with the word of God. We got to start care about our presentation. How we look. Okay. How we look. Are we being the light of the word that God calls us to be? Are we doing that? So he, he says, no, you, if you don't look in the mirror, and just he says, just like for you to listen to and don't do it. It's for you to glance in the mirror, or walk away and forget what you look like. But it goes and said, but if you look. Careful into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So it says the perfect law of liberty, which means looking through the word. We know because the word is perfect, it says the perfect law that sets you free. Okay. He said, God will bless you. In other words, whether he's talking about produce, God's going to produce something in you that's going to set you free, that you're going to be an influence on people if you look into it and do what it says. And don't forget what you heard it says here. And it goes on to say, I love it. It says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you, you are fooling it. You're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Now that word religious is not talking about, it's talking about it's let me read it this way. It means to to fearfully worship God, fearfully and worshiping God. So and let me read it this way. So if you claim to, to fear God and worship God, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. So No, it's specific talking about your tongue, your words you speak. So it says if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if you love God, if you are focused on doing what the word says and don't control your tongue, it says you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. It means that your worship with God is is worthless. Now, worship goes more than just your Sunday morning worship. Worship, you worship God by the way you live. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about righteous living. And he says here, you can't control your mouth. Then it's worth it. other way, he's saying, he didn't say you're not saved. He's saying you're not going to have any influence. You, you're not going to be effective in the body of Christ. People are not going to pay you any attention. People are not going to uh, respect you, honor you as a believer. And that's what we want. But it says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God. The father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So now he gets specific. He says this pure worship, okay, this pure worship, this worship that comes through Jesus Christ as our personal savior. Okay. It says it's going to Care for orphans and widows. And this was speaking at that time when it came out, didn't it? But it says in their distress. So other words, you're going to have some outreach here to reach the people who are less fortunate than you are. You're going to help them out. But it also said, refusing to let the world corrupt you. You're not going to allow the world to corrupt you with their ideas and their ideologies and um, their way of thinking. You're not going to be conformed to that. You're not going to allow the world to do that. You want you allow your mind, your thoughts to be conformed to the word of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace. Okay, so that's James chapter 1, verses 9 and 27. Okay, now we're going to go into the gospel of John chapter 15. I'm just going to read verses 1 through 8, but I encourage you to read the whole chapter of John chapter 15. Because they're talking about, we really getting not talk about producing fruit. You know, so I'm gonna start with verse one. We're gonna read through verse eight, reading from the new living. It says, And I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Now we're talking about well, remember, we've been talking about sowing seed. This parable in Matthew 13 about sowing seed. And he says, I am the true grapevine jesus says he's talking about himself he said my father is the gardener and said that he cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit and he prunes them, the branches that do bear fruit so that they may produce even more now this is talking about now most time and i know some people are talking about this is not a salvation scripture okay it's talking about this is not talking about losing your salvation okay this is talking about and knows it's talking about fruit. It's not talking about salvation. It's talking about f- producing fruit. Okay. So it says, hey, he cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. So we're supposed to be producing fruit. So he says, hey, if if you're not producing fruit, he cuts off the branch that's not produced for It's not doing what it's supposed to do. So I'm just gonna cut it off, means and that word, other words, when he says cut, it means lift up or bear up, meaning that God is gonna help. If that person not it, God's gonna help you. But then he said he prunes the branch that bears much fruit, so he produce more. So we see what we see pruning involved here. Cutting back the stuff that he don't need so they can produce more fruit. He goes on and say, You have already been pruned and purified by the message i have given you so notice he says hey knows what jesus said here you've already been pruned although he says he's talking about your spirit man your spirit man has already been pruned and purified by the message i've given you so he's talking about your spirit okay your spirit has already been made perfect by what jesus did because when you got saved god saved your spirit your spirit is your spirit is 100 righteous but now I got to get that righteous down to my soul part of me from, from my soul. It goes to my physical body, my actions, my behavior. But he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. See, see the cooperation here. We got to cooperate with God, even though Jesus is doing the work. He said, I'm the true man, my father, is God. But he says, remain in me. That's how part. remain in me. He said, I remain with you. He says, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So he he tells it, you can't do that without him. Remember what we, we talked about earlier when I said, hey, understand that whatever fruit you produce, God is the one that's doing it. He said, "Because you can't produce fruit without him. A vine cannot produce fruit okay, without, okay, without the branch, without the tree, it can't produce anything. It needs to be attached. He said you get severed from, a, other words, if you get disconnected from God and allow, as we talked about the, the ground, you allow thrones to grow up and allow rocks to be in your your heart, which means that you allow things to get in and contaminate you and, and you no longer, um Start to look like Jesus. If you allow that, then it's going to affect what fruiting. He said, "You're not going to do it. You don't get served." He says, "But you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in Him." He said, "Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches." He gets specific here. Those who remain in Me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. So we see the relationship here. We see the relationship between the vine and the branches. There has to be a constant connection here in order for you to produce much fruit. It says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Remember, he is the one that's allowing fruit to be producing you because you're connected with Jesus. So you can't take credit for this. The same way you can't take credit for your salvation, you can't take credit for producing your fruit because it's a gift. As I said, repentance is the gift. All these things are a gift. It's been given to you. But he's making his pivot, you can't do it without me. And anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and wither. He said, You're not gonna be any good to him. You're not gonna be any good. So branches. I gathered into a pile and burnt up, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, this is what he said: You may ask for anything you want. There's the produce, produce to produce. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted when you produce much fruit much fruit you are my true disciples this brings great glory to the father i love the word produce because that's the final step we're talking about being to produce and that's what they call what they call fruit in the grocery store produce produce that's what they call it and we'll call you the same thing produce When you produce hundred, sixty, or thirty, but you produce more. Otherwise, and this is what God wants from this gift right now. He wants that gift to constantly be growing and growing and growing, and you constantly growing more and more and looking like Jesus every single day. And I love what he said This this, get, this brings great glory to the Father, and that's what we want to do. We want to bring great glory to the Father, by the way we live, by the way we talk, by the way we love one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. This is what we want to do. We want to bring glory to the Father. It ain't about us. It's about bringing glory to the Father. And you got to get into, see, I, I, my, my goal is I want to, I, my, I challenge you, and this is my challenge to myself. And, I want to show you Jesus. I don't, I don't want to show you church and all this religion. I want, to, I want to show you how to have a relationship with Jesus because if I show you Jesus, okay, then he's going to produce everything that needs to be produced in you. Have a relationship with Jesus, you know, because I can give you all these rules and then but it's not going to do any good it's just you're just going to become frustrated and then you're going to try to keep it yourself and then you may become frustrated or if you do be successful keeping yourself then you're going to begin to give yourself glory and that's self righteous, and god don't want that either but i want to point you to jesus understand that he's the one he is divine we are the branches and stay connected to him and watch god produce the fruit of love, joy, peace on the inside of you and watch God do great things through you because this is what he wants to do. And so the last scripture I want to read tonight is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. Okay. And this is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. And, and just kind of give you a little background. Um, the church of Corinth, they're really in competition with each other and they're bragging about who, who preached the best, Paul, uh, Apollo, Cephas there, you know, who can preach better because, you know, you know, the preachers, we are considered we sowing and seed and the people we're giving God, God's people, what we believe God is speaking to us. And we sow and see, and here, Paul says the church Grant, this is what he says is it's not important who does the planting. Or who does the watering? What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And see, and this is what we come in talking about understand that it's this ain't about you, this ain't about any particular person. Thank God for the men and women who have here the anointed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that are ministering on a on a week-to-week basis and sowing to the people of God and God, some ministries are bigger than others, whether you got 50 people, whether you got um, 10,000, 20,000. Thank God for those men and women who are speaking the word into people's lives. But understand that this is not a competition. And read it's as long as people promote one denomination of persuasion over another, the body of Christ as a whole is still calm. See, we got to get out of this thing of well, you know what? My is better than your pastor, and this and that, and this denomination is better than this denomination. The church of God in Christ is better than the Baptist church, and the Baptist church is better than the Episcopal church, and all that. We got to get out of that. It says here, it doesn't matter who's doing the plan, who's doing the water, it is gone. To get in. It doesn't matter what church you attend. Now, if you in a church who's not teaching the word, then you need to find another one, okay? And I'm not going to get into denominations because, hey, as long as they're preaching Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the foundation. Okay. But, you know, in certain, you may think one is better than the other. Fine. But as long as you, but the most important we want to see, well, no matter what denomination you go to is, are you growing in grace? Are you growing? Are you called to be done? How does your life look? Because no matter what church you go to, whether it's a high energy church or whether the church, that just sit there and they, you know, low key, whatever. Okay. Are you hearing the word as we talked about in James and how are you applying it? Uh, it uh, is your ministry challenging you to see yourself in the word and grow in righteousness? So it doesn't matter. It says that because that's cardinality. When we start comparing denominations to one denomination and maybe you left a, a certain denomination to go another one because you felt like it was better. I and mean, that's maybe that's what you needed. But let's not put down um certain denominations because you know you came out and that denomination didn't give you what you needed. It may be giving somebody else what they need. Maybe not you for you, but maybe it may be for them. Okay, so let's not promote you know one denomination, other because at the end of the day, as it said, God is the one that gives the increase. He's the one that calls the seed to grow. So it doesn't matter who's doing the preaching, you know, what denomination you're from. It's all about God that's working in that person and getting the results in their life. And understand this, the, the messenger is never as important as the message. Let me say it again. The messenger is never more important than the message. We Sometimes we are guilty of putting pastors on pedestals. And preach to certain preachers on pedestals and thank God like I said once again for the men and women God who he used but we got to be careful n- n- to put putting the messenger above the message are they preaching the gospel because bottom the line there's a lot of charismatic you know preachers and speakers out here but you need to ask yourself question are they preaching the message what's the message we supposed to be hearing the gospel of grace? This is the message we're supposed to be hearing, the gospel of grace. They're supposed to be preaching Jesus. And they're supposed to be challenging you, men and women, to grow in righteousness. This is what we, you know, challenge each other and seeing people and people begin saying people growing. Okay, so the message, the messenger is never more important than the message. We got to remember that. okay? because that's not it's not about us. It's all about him all about jesus make sure that what your pastor and your and whoever is is just focus on the message don't put them above the message because as i said jesus is the source of everything that we should be doing he is the one that gets the glory okay he is doing that we 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 are we are growing to look like jesus I want to look like him. I want to be more like him. He said, I'm challenging myself to be like him. And so that's why I'm preparing my heart. I am sowing seed, planting seed. Okay. I am pruning, And I'm, and when I do those three, I'm going to produce, I'm going to see, and you're going to see fruit in your life. That God may get the glory that the world can see Jesus through us let me pray father god in the name of jesus i thank you for every voice that is listening to this today i thank you god that they are receiving this message and that god that they are allowing the holy spirit to minister to them right now as i speak your word i thank you that they will grow in righteousness. They will grow in grace. that They will allow you to produce fruits of joy, love, peace, kindness, patience, God, that we may grow to look more like you each and every day, God, that we may reach a loss in a dying world right. and they may see Jesus in us, God, that you may be glorified, that the Father may be glorified which is in heaven. I thank you for Right now, changing somebody's life who's hearing this message. that They're being transformed by the renewing of their mind. And God, that you are doing a work in them and understanding God that helped them to understand and realize that it is you that's doing the work and not them. God, I pray that you would deliver us from self-righteousness, that we would get out of that mindset and understand that whatever we produce, whatever people see in our lives, it's all because of your son, Jesus Christ. I give you glory and praise God. I thank you for what you do lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, we thank you um, for listening to us. We will be back again with you next week. We're going to be starting a new series. And I pray that you will tune in. And once again, tell your friends and families if you enjoy these messages. And once again, we look forward to seeing you again next week. Once again, thank you again and bye-bye.